All right, Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 10 and 11 tells us a very important aspect of the defining characteristic of God. And we're going to start talking today on the doctrine of God as we start through our list of doctrines again. And here at the beginning of the year, and we start with God. God is the start of everything. He's the foundation of everything. And there's so much we can talk about uh, with God, but we're going to talk through some of His uh, attributes or characteristics. And this one in Isaiah 43, 10 and 11 is one of the defining characteristics of God of how we can also evaluate if someone is teaching something wrong about God or if someone has an incorrect view of God. And this is something that is always something we have to be careful about and it is very prominent in the world. This is Satan's attack against the truth. Is Satan tries to confuse the issue and get people to teach false doctrine, to teach false things about the person of God, false things about all the areas of God's truth. And this is what we must be on guard about. The New Testament tells us that in several books. It says to hold the sound doctrine. It says be on guard about false teaching and to uh, hold to sound words and to guard the truth. Paul tells us that repeatedly in the New Testament. Because Satan is always trying to lead people down the wrong path. And he has done that in the doctrine of God to get people off track about who God is. So look at verse 10 in Isaiah 43. And it says, God is speaking here and says, You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am He, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? He goes on. And in several places in the book of Isaiah, you have God proclaiming what defines him. And a, a, another phrase that's very common that comes out of this book is God will say several times, he'll say, I'm the first and I'm the last. Besides me, there is no God. And that is what he is stating in a more uh, fuller way there in verse 10 and it's the phrase we want to focus on there where he said, Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. And what God is saying there is he's making a statement that he is the eternal God who has always been and who always will be. He is eternal. God being eternal is the defining characteristic of who He is. He has always been, always will be, 
And that means He is the foundation of everything else that comes after Him. And everything that comes after Him was made by Him. God is the originator of everything. God had no origin. He had no beginning. He always was. But He gives everything else an origin. Everything else had a beginning. God had no beginning. That defines who God is. If, if something exists and you can look at it and say, well, there was a time when it wasn't and it started right here at this date, then you can't say that thing is God. Because to say something is God on the level of deity means it's eternal. He is eternal. That is the defining characteristic of God. And he stated it this way, before me, there was no God formed. And what he's saying is, I didn't have a beginning where I was made one day because there was a God before me who made me. And that's how I came to be. That's what he's meaning in that statement. He said, before me, there was no God. There wasn't a God before me who made me. There was never anybody before me. I am the beginning of all things. And then he said, neither shall there be a God formed after me. There's not going to come a time where I'm going to end and another God's going to take over. I am the Lord. I am God. I'm the only God. And he says, and I'm the first. I'm the last. I'm the only God that there is. And so the eternality of God defines him being God. And everything else then can't be God because it has a beginning and it can't have an end. But everything has a beginning that was made and therefore it's not God. We can take this and evaluate then any wrong teachings about God. And let me just give you some examples of this and you can apply it to various situations. But if anyone teaches something about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that doesn't fit this, then it's wrong teaching about God. If it teaches anything about the Father, Son, Holy Spirit that says that they had a beginning or that there was a time when they weren't, then that's wrong teaching about God. Because to be God, that to be eternal. And you can evaluate false doctrine that way. Now, we're going, to, we're going to have a focus over the next couple of weeks on the Trinity. That God, there's one God, He reveals Himself, manifests Himself in three personages. That gets really above us, but that's how we, that's the best we can do with our language to describe Him. Is, I think, personages, that He manifests Himself in three personages of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about how they have different roles and how all that works together in the wonderful being that God is. But first, let's just uh, give some examples here. For instance, the Father. Here's some wrong teaching about the Father that's an example of this. The, the Mormon church has a wrong teaching about God the Father. That shows why they are a false uh, religious group among 
they have false teaching about Jesus also. But the Father, they say, Father, God the Father, they say, once was a man, just like us. He was a human being. And eventually, through His goodness, He achieved and worked up to become God. And then He was given a universe to rule over, and that's what we are. And that's our God. But that this process is working itself out over and over where then we, as and, and they'll say men, can progress up to become God. And then in the future, we can get to the level of God and we can have a universe given to us to rule over. And they believe that process is working itself out over and over and over. And there are millions of people who follow that teaching in the United States and around the world. And you will run into them from time to time. That's what they teach about God. Now, when they, and in actuality, their founding leaders said that, which really is confusing, is they said, the Father God is Adam. Adam was our Father God who progressed up. Which is totally, you know, backward because it was God who made Adam. But that's just an example of their confusion from Joseph Smith. And actually it was Brigham Young who was the second leader who took over after Joseph Smith uh, died, who uh, really pressed that, uh, taught that. But that's what they teach. And that's what they believe. And, and they are trying to uh, achieve up to Godhood themselves. What does Isaiah 43 verse 10 say about it? It says that's completely wrong. Why? Because, it's, because they say then there was a God before God the Father who birthed Him. And that there's going to be another God come after Him who they'll say is Jesus, but then he said, they'll say that you and I could become one of them too. And Isaiah 43.10 says, Before God there wasn't a God for Him, nor shall there be after Me. Speaks directly to that false teaching of the Mormon church. That is wrong. And it really gets at what I've stated, the defining characteristic of God is that He's eternal. He never had a beginning, and there's never going to be a time where then somebody else takes over. And that's what the Mormon church teaches, and that's why they're wrong. And this verse is, an is the statement of how they, uh, they are wrong. And so that's how you can evaluate you know, when you, when you come across different beliefs and even just thinking about God, here's what we need to think about. The defining nature of God is, is that He's always began. He never, always has existed. He never had a beginning. He's eternal. And that's what makes Him God. And the reason we're not God or never can be God is because we all had a beginning. We're not eternal. And so you can all always... Also, apply it that way. There's some wrong teaching. They'll say, you can become a God. You're a God. No, I'm not. Because I'm not eternal. I had a beginning, and I could have an ending. And that means I'm not God. Humans can't be God. Because we had a beginning. Therefore, angels are not God. Angels are spiritual beings. But angels are not deity. They are not on the level of God. Why? Because they had a beginning. They were made. 
There was a time when there weren't any angels. We don't know exactly when that was. It appears that it was in eternity past sometime that God made all the angels. They were made. That means they were not God, but they were their spirit beings that served God. This is how we can evaluate and define what's God and what is not. All right, let's, let's apply this now to uh, Jesus as the Son. And this is where a lot of false teaching has occurred throughout church history. And it has focused on this very issue. In around 300, the 300s AD, there was a, a pastor in Alexandria, Egypt, who began to teach that Jesus had a beginning. That there was a time when he wasn't. And that, that God the Father made him at some point. And he was his son. And therefore that Jesus wasn't the same as God the Father, but that he was divine, but that he was a little lower. He was the son and God's the Father. And that there was a time when he wasn't. And Arius began to teach that. And it began to catch on and to grow. And it became a controversy in, the, uh, in Christianity during that time of the person of Jesus. Did he have a beginning or was he eternal? And they debated that. And for a time, actually for a period of almost uh, 100 years, Arius' teaching took over. It became the dominant view of most churches and pastors. But then it swung back. But that question is very easy to answer. And it's this question we're talking about today. Is that we know that is wrong because Jesus is said to be God in the flesh. Therefore, He did not have a beginning. If He had a beginning, then that means He's not God. Also, using this verse here, this verse is so important to use for a lot of false teaching. Arius would say that, well, there was a time, there was God the Father, and then after Him came another God, a lower God, that was formed after Him, and that's Jesus. What's wrong with that? Well, Isaiah 43.10 says, God says, after me there shall be no God formed. So right there, we know that that can't be true. It is uh, in error, and it is not right. Isaiah 43.10 would have answered the question for them. Now, there were there was some that held to the to truth, and they argued against it. One was a pastor named Athanasius, who just made a great stand. He refuted this. He stood up for sound doctrine. But he became, at one point, the only one standing up in the church councils that they had of the pastors to stand up against it. At one point... It said that, that someone remarked to Athanasius and said, Athanasius, the whole world is against you. And Athanasius responded, then Athanasius is against the world. And he just had a great faith to say, if I'm the only one left, I will stand for the truth. I will not sacrifice the deity of Jesus. And he held the truth. And eventually, the churches came back to, to that truth. And he took a great stand. That's a great example for us. We've got to hold a sound doctrine, even if it's unpopular, even if we're the only one. The truth is the truth. And with God, you're never in the minority. And 
this verse answered that question that Jesus didn't have a beginning or no, he wasn't formed after God because God said he wasn't going to form another God after him. Whoever's God is eternal. And that means God the Son was eternal, has always been and always will be. And so we apply that to Jesus as the Son of God, that he had no beginning. And anything that, that says that he had a beginning, then it's false. Because to be God, he has to be eternal. Then the third, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, um, most of the false teaching about the Holy Spirit is on his, that he's a personal being. And we'll talk about that later. But any, any kind of teaching that says that the Holy Spirit was made after God the Father and, and that God the Father gave uh, the Holy Spirit the power later. The, the t- bad teaching about the Holy Spirit usually follows that, that it's just the power of God that uh, later God gave Him His power. And any, in, any statement that the Holy Spirit, that there was a time when there wasn't the Holy Spirit of what He is in all His fullness as God, you know that's, that teaching is false. Because the Bible teaches the Holy Spirit is God, and we'll look at the the verses that teach that uh, later, in the later weeks. The Holy Spirit is God, therefore that means the Holy Spirit did not have a beginning. There never was a time when there wasn't the Holy Spirit. There never was a time where the Holy Spirit didn't have all the power that He has as God. Because He's God, He's eternal. He always has been, never had a beginning, always will be. This is the defining characteristic of what is God. And that is embodied in one being, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's who God is. And that's what makes Him God, is that He never had a beginning, but He created everything else, and everything else that exists had a beginning. And that's what makes it the creation, and that's what makes him the creator, is because he never had a beginning. Now, at that point, that's when our minds start short-circuiting, if you start trying to focus on, try to figure that out. How is it that there was always God? Because we, we invariably, as humans, want to ask the question. And then when you ask it, you feel bad about it. You say, well, well, well where did God come from? You know, how could he just always be? Where did he come from? Because that's just our finite mind is we have a beginning and we just can't conceive of something not having a beginning. And we can't answer that question other than it's the truth and we believe it by faith is that God never had a beginning. He always was. He didn't come from anything else. He didn't come from somebody else. He always was. He is total, completely perfect and unlimited in all that he is. And he's always been that way. And that's just who he is. And that's what makes him God. And when you understand, when you, when you think about that, that is what will make us have the right attitude to fall on our knees and to be humble before God and to be in awe before him and say, God, whatever you want me to do in my life, I'll do because you are, you are God. And that's the importance of knowing who God is and knowing who we are and knowing how to respond to God is thinking about who He is and what defines Him. And there's nothing greater than God because He made everything to exist as the one who had no beginning. All right, let's bow our heads and let's pray.
We praise you, Almighty God. You are so much above us. You are so great in your being to always exist, to make everything that there is in the heavens and the earth, all powers, all the angels, all the planets and stars, all the power in nature, all of us people, you made everything. We all had a beginning from your hand, from your word. that You spoke us into existence. And so we stand in awe of you. We praise you and all your greatness. We thank you for your mercy, for our sins against you. We thank you for your mercy, for our lack of respect, reverence to you as you deserve, where we put you on our level a lot of the time. Help us to obey you in our lives this week and to serve you in what you want us to do. For we're here because of you and for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.